Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. So, uh, welcome back again to Come and See. Um, my name is John, of course, uh, John Keeley uh, from the Come and See studio here. Uh, out and about again, and this time I've ended up in a place called Paris Le Monial. So people might ask me, what is Paris Le and what's John in, why is John ended up in Paris Le, Le Monial? So I met a guy, hopefully who will be able to enlighten myself and yourself this morning. So welcome in to uh, Come and See. Philip Milligan, good morning to you. Good morning, how are you? Good, and thanks a lot for joining me this morning, because I've been here now for three or four days now at the moment, trying to sort out what was going on here. Then somebody said, maybe have a chat with Philip and maybe he might enlighten you. So first of all, Philip, lots of people back home might be asking me, why did John end up in Paris-le-Monial? Can you tell me that story? Paris-le-Monial is a place that uh, I remember saying to my mum one day, Mum, I'm going to, to spend some time in a place of pilgrimage uh, uh, called Paris-le-Monial. Mm. And I was sure she would never have heard about it at all. No. And she said straight away, Huh? Secret Heart, St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. And I was amazed that my mother was so religious, yeah. religious yeah. wise, and things which yeah. to me were obscure. Mm. The, the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, which, is, which many of us know from the statues in our churches or the, the fact that our homes have been consecrated to the heart That's of Jesus. That's right, no. there's always a picture, isn't there, with a little yeah. red light? That's right. Yeah, yeah. This little, uh, that's actually one of the the work, the first works of the, the the mission of the Sacred Heart was really to make Christ the the, the King of our homes and our families. Okay. And all of that comes from the apparitions to a, 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 a religious sister called Saint Margaret Mary Alacoque uh-huh. in the late 17th century. Mm-hmm. And these apparitions, most unusually, were not of, the, of 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 Our Lady, but they were of Jesus Himself. The apparitions to the Sacred mm-hmm, Heart. Mm-hmm. So over a mystical life of uh, more than 20 years, 20 years that she was in this uh, convent, uh, contemplative convent of the, of the visitation here in Paradimonial, mm-hmm. uh, Margaret Mary received uh, different intimations of the the love of Jesus for humanity. Mm-hmm. And in particular, the what we call the great apparitions here, there are three or four of them between 1673 and 16. 75, mm-hmm. uh, in which Jesus reveals that he became man so much that he has a human heart, a heart which has been wounded by the offences against him, the way any human heart would be mm-hmm. wounded by mm-hmm. offences made against it, and also a heart which is, uh, which is merciful and, goes and needs to be loved. Mm-hmm. So the sacred heart message is uh, Jesus needs his heart to be loved. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure even when this first of all happened, I believe, with Sister Sister Mary, she had a problem in that maybe some members of the community weren't too sure. Was she hearing things? Or Well, of course, I remember the story of Padre Pio when he was, as a schoolboy, he would go and talk about his, the, his apparitions yeah. and his meetings with the devil mm-hmm. and things and be quite astonished that the other children in school, that didn't happen to them, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was something like that with Margaret Mary, that from a very young age she had this, her way of being in relationship with the Lord was one where he talked to her in a very direct way, um, in, 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 in her feelings and in her emotions, but in words that she could hear and in words that she could write down. Really, a, a very they were our apparitions, but they were an expression of... Christ in his humanity who talks one-to-one mm. uh, with her in the same way that he talks one-to-one with us in mm. the secret of a heart and one with another. Um, so Margaret Mary needed the confirmation of her superiors, which she received, mm-hmm. especially because her superiors consulted a young Jesuit 
of that time called Claude La Colombière, okay. who is himself also a saint now, mm-hmm. and who confirmed to her the authenticity of these apparitions. Jesus says, uh, My heart uh, is so overflowing with love for the whole of humanity and for you, Margaret Mary in particular. Um, uh, but I receive so little love in return. Behold this heart that receives, uh, that loves so much and receives so little love in return. In another apparition, uh, he says, If you believe, you will see the power of my heart. Mm. Uh, and so the power of Jesus' heart we, we, we see in the very fact that in many of our homes and in our churches and across the whole world, mm. there are uh, there is this devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus that Pius XII, in an encyclical in 1956, said was not just a devotion like any other devotion to a saint, but it was a devotion which revealed something like the tip of an iceberg, revealed the depth of the humanity of Christ, mm. that God has a heart because Jesus has a human heart. Yes, and that he loves us so much. And I suppose that's one of the problems we've um, had to deal with maybe over over our own um, faith journey and that sometimes we don't realise that love that Jesus had for us. And so here in Palais de Monéon, um, it's so evident. Um, which brings me to the next point. Um, I'm here in Palais de Monéon. It just happens to be with members of the Emmanuel community. Uh, I was struck by so many things. But maybe you might give people a sense back in Ireland, what exactly happens during these weeks, I mean we're here for one week, but during these weeks of sessions I think they call them. In 1975 Mm. which was the 300th anniversary of the great apparition, this is the heart that love meant so much and receives Mm. so little in return, Uh, the chaplains of the sanctuary of Parlimonial it was a place of pilgrimage, Mm -hmm. which had been a very strong place of pilgrimage in the in the 1900s, uh, the, the 1800s rather, mm. uh, it was from Paris that the Basilica in Montmartre in Paris, for example, was built. Um, invited all of the dignitaries of the church in France to come to celebrate this uh, great anniversary. 300 years. 300 years of the, mm-hmm. the apparitions of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, mm-hmm. the Saving Heart of Jesus. And as one of the, the, the chaplains of the time, who was a bishop, said, nobody came. But instead, a group of people came to do a summer retreat. They were the, it was the beginnings of charismatic renewal within the Catholic Church okay. in France. Okay. And there was a first session here which had two or 3,000 people. Uh, uh, and they, they, they met and they prayed together for one week. For one week. And the year after that, when this session for the whole of charismatic renewal moved on to somewhere else, the mm-hmm. founder of mm-hmm. the Emmanuel community... Pierre Gossard, the, the community was founded at the same time, mm-hmm. said, no, the Emmanuel community, we will stay here. We will stay close to the heart of Jesus. Mm, okay. And so from that first session in 1975, a following session in 1976, one week became two weeks, 2,000 okay. people became 4,000 people. And we now have, after um, 40 years, a reality of... Um, of something in the region of 25,000 people who come over a five-week period for Mm. different week-long retreats. So these are retreats that people Mm -hmm. come for five days, five full days Mm. uh, in Parlimonial, a time of spiritual renewal, a time uh, with teachings, a time to encounter other Christians. Mm -hmm. And these meetings which began 
in France and had a population of people coming from France have also now become uh, extremely international. There are probably something like 15 different countries present, present today at this, at this meeting. I just give people a flavour of what, what sort of happens each, each day. I, I believe it starts first thing in the morning with prayer and praise, isn't that right? The idea is, first of all, that uh, a whole family can come hmm. and retreat here, which means that um, the activities that are proposed during the day uh, would mean, for example, that a family would have some times together, the meal times would be together. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a big lunch uh, lunch tent where people come mm-hmm. and queue up for a little a little lunch which is cooked for them. That's an experience, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. it's an experience, an experience cool. if you have to cook for 5,000 people. <laughs> exactly, yeah. and it's all volunteers, of course. Absolutely, all volunteers, mm-hmm. 100% mm-hmm. volunteers. So... Um, it means that in the morning people would come for a t- after breakfast for a time of morning prayer, mm-hmm. which would be a time of prayer according to the liturgy of the church, but also a time of prayer where they're able to express mm. joyfully with song their, 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 their faith in the Lord, followed generally by, a, by a, a, a conference, a teaching as we would call it, that might be a good hour or so long. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the morning, there would typically be, typically be a time of Eucharistic, ador- Eucharistic adoration or a little time of debate, mm. and then and then daily mass. Yes. Yeah? Mm-hmm. The, so the morning teachings are often given now by internationally known mm-hmm. figures. This morning's teaching was by Father Rainero Cantaramessa, who's the uh, preacher to the pontifical household. Yes, uh, I noticed, yes. Um, yes. The first day's teaching in this five-day session was given by the Archbishop of Lyon, mm-hmm. Cardinal Babaha. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea is that over a week there would be different steps in taking us each person further in their spiritual journey with the Lord. A kind of spiritual oasis yes. for one week mm-hmm. uh, to fill up all the dried up bits that, mm-hmm. that kind of dry out over the year mm-hmm. um, in, our, in our daily lives. You mentioned that word um, joyful. That's been very evident to me over the last few days that I've been here. Uh, whether it's first thing in the morning, last thing at night, having a cup of coffee, walking in the park, wherever it is, that that joy is there's something special about that. But the the experience is uh, is is a little bit contagious, really. Huh? Yes, yes. It's that yeah. the people who run uh, run these these retreats, these sessions, as we call them, um, have been here before, mm. and they have made the personal experience of Jesus Christ alive in their lives mm, mm, mm. and that's been manifested uh, to them often through a gift of themselves to the Holy Spirit and what we call an outpouring of the Holy Spirit mm, mm-hmm, uh, mm. which effectively is an encounter with Christ where the things that we have perhaps learned with our head about the faith mm, mm. make the long journey sometimes the pilgrimage from our head to our heart Yes. Uh, yes and so yes. things that we know become things that we believe uh, things that we think are, are right become things that we are convinced are true mm. uh, things that we know are sources of joy become our personal joy mm. and um, it, it's the, the experience which is goes right through the tradition of, of the church of spiritual renewal which means we, we discover the Holy Spirit alive mm-hmm. in our lives and he, disco- he leads us to a deeper attachment to mm-hmm. Christ and a deeper understanding of Christ through scriptures and through the liturgy and through the community, through our brothers and mm. sisters gathered. You mentioned there about families, and uh, and that's another big point that struck me: the, the amount of families here, and the amount of interaction between the parents and their children. 
and also the activities that are organised for the children. Maybe you can give people a little bit of an idea what's involved there. Well, the session that, that's, that's going on this week uh, has 5,000 participants. Mm-hmm. Of those 5,000 participants, uh, 1,200 are children, mm-hmm. uh, aged from 0 to 17 years old. Once yeah. they get to 18, we don't call them children anymore. Yes, yes. And so for each of those age groups, there's a, 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 a little session of itself, mm. uh, so that uh, the, the parents are free to listen to the teachings or listen to, to have time to pray on their mm-hmm. own to, mm-hmm. and, and to spend time as a couple when they mm-hmm. come as, as parents. Mm-hmm. And, also, uh, and also so that the children, according to their age, can also make a little journey with the Lord, with the Lord. So each one of those groups would have a, a special program which is prepared uh, with uh, animators of the groups who are members of the Emmanuel community and some volunteers coming from the parents and the other members mm-hmm. of the session themselves who would come to help out mm-hmm. with a mixture of games, a mixture of prayer, a mixture of teachings, a mixture of times of discovery of spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. The other thing that was, that was so fascinating for ourselves. Adoration plays a big part, obviously, with the Emmanuel community uh, in the Visitation Church here and uh, a few more places around the town. But the beautiful part of adoration that I experienced myself yesterday with, uh, with my wife Anne is there in the park just behind us there now. Maybe you can give people a little bit of a flavour for that. So the, 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 the kind of topography of the area we're talking about mm-hmm. here is an area, I don't know, of a few acres Mm-mm. wide, a few hectares, which has one big meeting tent with enough space to put four or 5,000 people inside it. Mm-hmm. Lots of uh, little tents round about it for pers- for meeting places, for other activities, mm-hmm. for magazine stands, for different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lunch tent, a recreation tent where there are um, where someone can take an ice cream or yes, a cup yes. of coffee, mm-hmm. a big bookshop. Uh, there's even a special section in the bookshop I saw that yesterday just for the children uh, they sit them down in the corner Good. and give them comic books and they spend all day in the bookshop mm-hmm. and then to and link to that uh, a large open area which is reserved for silent prayer mm. and in that area of silent prayer there's a, a, a little tent in the middle which uh, which has in front of that tent the Blessed Sacrament exposed all day uh, uh, in the tradition of Parlimonial, which we receive from St. Margaret Mary, mm-hmm. of adoring the Blessed Sacrament, Jesus revealed himself to her often uh, as she adored the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, and round about that, uh, that, that, that little tent where there's the Blessed Sacrament mm-hmm. outside of the tent, available, mm-hmm. visible to the whole field, mm-hmm. you would have a series of priests who are sitting down, yeah. uh, available for confessions. So there's always here a relationship between uh, discovering the Holy Spirit through the things we receive together, uh, welcoming the Holy Spirit in the silence of personal prayer and encountering the Lord also through the sacraments, the Eucharist, but in particular through through sacramental confession. Beautiful. And just uh, whilst we were experiencing uh, at Holy Mass uh, this afternoon, uh, we noticed that uh, there's a, a few of the younger members, and maybe not so young members, of the Emmanuel community were volunteered to go out on mission. Tell us a little bit about that. So the Emmanuel community is made up of people who are are normal people, who have normal jobs, who live in their normal homes, and who gather together regularly, all states of life together, Mm -hmm. priestly people, Mm -hmm. consecrated, single people, married people, to to pray together, to receive the Word of God together, uh, to to, to meditate on the Bible. Mm -hmm. And the reason for the Emmanuel community's existence is at the same time this 
personal path in holiness and also this availability for evangelization. Evangelization which can be in our daily lives, which should be also in our families, which is the witness of our authentic lives, but also the witness sometimes of daring to say yeah. why we are Christian. Yeah. And among these different members of the Emmanuel community and also many friends of the community who are not members as such, but who benefit from the graces of Paralimonial, mm-hmm. some accept an invitation or make themselves available to, to go for a certain time, perhaps one year, perhaps two, mm-hmm. uh, as volunteers in places which uh, have a particular missionary need. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes those places can be faraway places, Africa and China mm-hmm. and countries which we would normally associate with missionary work. Yeah. The Emmanuel communities will send this year almost 100 volunteers to uh, different countries uh, across the world in the request of the bishops from those countries for development projects, but where there's an aspect of transmitting the faith. Mm-hmm. But also, it's a relatively new thing for us. In the past four or five years, we've seen develop missionary work inside our own countries, yeah. in with the poor and the disadvantaged in the inner cities, with the non-Christian populations, with the, the populations of immigrants which are more marked by violence, by yeah. crime, mm-hmm. by unemployment, mm-hmm. by low levels of scholarity, mm-hmm. um, and also by interreligious questions. And so therefore, these young people who were uh, declared themselves available to go today to work for of the one of the Emmanuel Communities associations in France, in this particular case, mm-hmm. uh, are going out to, to, to work uh, in the inner cities as volunteers, mm-hmm. spending time perhaps in the streets with the children who don't go to school, mm-hmm. yeah, spending yeah. time out in the evenings with the children who, children who never go to bed, mm-hmm. uh, spending time during the day with their parents uh, who, who don't have anywhere else to go, uh, and trying simply to be a, a witness of Christ's charity towards them. Mm-hmm. And these people who volunteer for this, I mean, do, do, do they have, have to have any special education? Or? Some of them are, are, are carrying out specific tasks, mm-hmm. um, uh, which also allows for the cooperation of the, of the sometimes uncooperative French government, but in this case mm-hmm. very cooperative, mm-hmm. because they might be edu- specialists in education, in special education, in remedial studies, psychologists. Okay, okay. And so some of them could be going because... The French state recognises that they have a particular expertise mm-hmm. to bring to the local community there. Uh, many of the others are going more simply because whatever their training and their formation is, mm-hmm. they are convinced that, uh, that they can see Jesus through acts of charity. So we would take a, a year or two to prepare, especially a year in particular, to prepare these young people through different weekends, through different training sessions, mm. to test them a little bit, to give them experience on-site in these different places to see mm. if it's not going to be a mission which is too difficult for them. Yes. And they are, of course, accompanied uh, in these places where they go. We don't need people on their own. On their own. We stay with them. And, I mean, they're, they're kept in terms of their keep, um, fed and found type of thing. Yes. So that means that in order for this type of thing to work, we would look for... We do lots of fundraising mm-hmm. so that we can send them as volunteers. That means we pay for their health insurance and their pension and these things, okay. and also for food and board. Uh, and so that relies a lot on the generosity of the members of the Emmanuel community, mm-hmm. but also of the, the many participants in the sessions, okay. so that we can do this. And just, uh, just two more questions. One would be, you mentioned this particular week is a week uh, for families. There's other weeks... For other types, for instance, teenagers, would that be right? We have um, uh, one particular uh, 
meeting which is next week which is called the International Youth Forum and mm-hmm. that's for young people in particular the 18 to 25 year olds uh, but with a big section also of 15 to 17 and 17 to 18 year olds and again we'll be looking probably at four or 5,000 young people mm-hmm. for that from different countries we also have similar meetings in, in other countries across mm-hmm. Europe mm-hmm. this summer with the same type of programme but more adapted to them that's to say adapted to uh, to young people, many of whom might not come from a Christian background, uh, but who are looking to to discover the church, discover the faith, discover a coherence uh, between what uh, what they would like to live and what they're able to live. Uh, so we would do the same type of thing for them, but that would be more particularly addressed to uh, people who are at that point in, in university study or whatever else. Yeah. At the other end of the summer, we would also do something more adapted to people in professional life. Okay. Um, uh, Either of of whatever age, but in particular, we have young professionals who might be 25 to 35 years old who no longer consider themselves young. Yes, yes, I understand. Uh, We don't have the same questions because they already have a place where they work. They have the new challenges of being... Christian witnesses mm. in workplaces which where mm. often mm. it's not so easy no. or not so allowed mm. <laughs> to be openly Christian and so it's therefore working with them on how they can understand the social teaching of the church how the social teaching of the church and their spiritual life can become something coherent, how they can uh, use the sacraments and the prayer of brothers and sisters as something to sustain them mm. in their daily task and also understanding as lay people should understand that the world of work and the world of our families, the society where we live, is a place where God is present, mm-hmm, uh, as mm-hmm. church teaching says. It's not an empty place, it's a place where God precedes us. Yeah. And therefore we should be able, uh, we have to learn what the signs are of his presence so that we can discover them, embrace them where we go. Okay. Just one final question there, Philip. If somebody was thinking about coming over to Paris and the Malian and really... There are, there are members of Emmanuel community, but just coming over to say, listen, I wonder what I want to find here. Uh, what sort of advice would you give them? Well, first of all, there's a website which is www.parey.org. That's easy enough. Okay. Um, where they find information about these open sessions that are going mm-hmm. on. Um, in, 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 in Ireland, as in other countries, the Emmanuel community is present, so there's always someone locally mm-hmm. with whom they can mm-hmm. talk. There are often pilgrimages or groups coming across mm-hmm. uh, that people can join with mm-hmm. to make it easier. Um, but there are also times that people can come for one week or young people can also come for the whole summer mm-hmm. to, to work here. You know, the tents were put up by professionals, but afterwards the 2,000 chairs and the kilometres of carpet yeah. were rolled out by young people who come, university students who come to give part of the summer to do that. To do that, yeah. So that type of thing is also another way of discovering Mm. of discovering Paradimonial and uh, with the help of the Emmanuel community. And certainly one of the experiences I had, just to finish off, one of the experiences that I've had this week, I, I really didn't know what to expect, but, but and the piece of advice that I was given on my first day was don't try and experience and see everything all at once. And I maybe leave people, I maybe leave, uh, just before I leave yourself there, Philip, with a lovely quotation that was given to me one day when I was having coffee by a guy whose wife had... Um, I've been spoken to by Jesus and Jesus said to his wife he said I can show myself to you where I like when I like and how I like and certainly I think that experience is here within Paris de Mont-a-Mont. whether you see the young families together whether you see people like yourself who are working a few times a day I believe in the translation 
um, cabin over there, uh, whether it be the priests or wherever it is, that joy is there all the time. So, Philip, on behalf of us all, thank you very much for giving us your time this morning, uh, and thank you for all the witnesses that you're giving to so many people and the encouragement. And may the Lord stay with you at all times. Thank you very much. God bless you now. Bye-bye. Now, my thanks to Philip Milligan for sharing that reflection on the Sacred Heart and Paris de Marion with us this morning. So really, after the joy that myself and Anne experience, there's only one piece of music we'd like to play as we close this second part of the program. And this one is taken from an album by Childhood Church, from her album Dream of Dreams, and this one is entitled Joy to the World. So let's hear this. Sacred Space on West Limerick 102.